Is it important? No. Is it true? Maybe. Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 200 and... Uh, what's the show note? 200... I'm 267! Gonna, I'm gonna start over again. Oh my god. Hello, <laughs> Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 267. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Perlman, and I am joined this evening, afternoon, morning drive to work by the one and only Samantha Har. That's me. And today we're going to be talking about, well, before we get into what we're going to be talking about, Sama. So we wanted to call out Mr. William Geierman for sending us some incredible t-shirts that he designed and made himself based (laughs) on something really goofy I said a few episodes back about being all duck and no paddle in regards to the fact I just got to show up and talk at people for an hour at a uh, conference while Prilliman was behind the scenes doing all the actual hard work. Um, (laughs) And they, they, these shirts look amazing. So we're, we're going to take some selfies with them ASAP and get those out there. Cause yeah, these, these are really, really cool. Thank you so much, William. We appreciate them. They are, they are very, very cool. I definitely, definitely appreciate them. And we were just saying, like, well, I guess I was just saying, I can't believe people listen to and remember, like, the goofy stuff we say just mid-banter on this show. It's, it's really, it's really great. So, William, thank you very much. We'll get you, we'll get you some selfies and uh, maybe even eventually a picture where Sama and I are co-located in the same place at the same time, which doesn't happen very often with Judge Cast hosts. I think there's only, like, three pictures total. Oh, that's kind of a shame, but yeah. and it's funny because we we don't live that fa- that far, like no. So yeah, before COVID, we we hung out fairly regularly, ish. We but, did. Yeah, we look did. look forward to that post COVID again, seeing people out in the wild. Sama has made me watch anime, and, and I will continue to. And I made yes. her drink, which was... I do. I do that on a okay when I, and it's fair because when I'm left to my own devices for finding <laughs> drinks, I do things like just make entire like pans full of Jello shot. And consume them with a spoon, and it's it's not classy. So this is this is I where I know. wish this was a YouTube video, so the listeners could see the expression on my face as I just I just turned my head to the side like I was a dog listening to a whistle. Where it's like, what? What? Is it good? No. Is it edible? Technically, <laughs> yeah, especially when you said when you said a pa- I just get a pan. The head started. What are to... those things? What are those things called? The like glass cast Pyrex. Uh, you know, the yeah. glass, like, casserole pans. Yeah, yeah, you just fill that up with Jello, And the way I uh, math out how much alcohol to put in it is until my hand gets tired, and then I put it down. And that's, you just put it in the fridge, and that's that. Okay. I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, tonight's topic is going to be talking about L1 endorsements. So this is a level 2, level 3 judge endorsing a someone who comes to Judge Academy and wants to go through the process and, and become a level 1 judge, wants to join Judge Academy in that way, shape, or form. Uh, we talked when we had Nicolette on last week. I think, I think there was the realization when we were talking, or not last week, two weeks ago, the realization that we hadn't covered this topic and this was a thing that was becoming more relevant, right? Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of chatter on the Discord and other places about the endorsement process and what that involves. Um, so yeah, I think this is a pretty timely topic. 
So let's let's kind of look at what that entails. So I've I've written under the Judge Academy system. I've written at least one endorsement. How about you, Brian? I think I'm up to like three or four at this point. Oh dang, point. prolific! All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What what uh what the endorsement is? Well, let's let's talk about what it replaces first. Kind of a little bit of a of a history lesson. In ye olden days. In ye olden days, i.e., two years ago. Actually, 24, 25 months ago, uh, in the previous judge program, the before times, mm-hmm. a judge candidate or an L0 or a baby judge, whatever you wanted to call him, a judgling. Baby judge do 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 do. I was going to let you go. Yeah, but it is, I, <laughs> I, I use those terms and then I realize it's like, oh yeah, all of them, anytime you use them, someone got upset. It's like, ah, judgling is too dismissive and diminutive. And I was like, I don't care, you're judgling. So anyway. Right, I mean, that's what you get for being so little and cute. Yeah, a little BB judge. So anyway, <laughs> uh, the L1 exam could only be administered by a level two or level three judge. And in addition to taking the exam, there had to be an advancement review at the same time. Or rather, you took the exam and you became a level one upon acceptance of the advancement review. Normally what would happen is, well, I say normally, there wasn't a whole lot of normally, but there were there were two main paths. One is someone would come up to you at like a conference or something and say, hey, I'm interested in testing for level one. Can I? And then the level two or the level three would sit down with them for some period of time, talk to them, give them an interview. Then based on the results of that interview, decide to give them a test, do the test, go over the results, and then write up the the interview results at the same time. Or you had a long-term working relationship and the L2, L3 mentored you up to the point, like from a from some sort of lower lower level of, of knowledge of how things work. They mentored you up to the point where you could pass, and then they gave you the test, and then the interview could be, you know, more of a detailed analysis of of what all you had been doing. That sounds about right. Yeah. Under the previous system, I think I personally, as a level two judge, fell under more of the latter method. I tended well, I tended to like to be around to help when needed, but really I like to observe and see people be very sort of self-motivated because I like people that are self-motivated. I don't know. That's just one of those things. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was the old way. Yeah, self-motivation is a extremely important skill for judges. Um, and I've, I've talked about this on episodes past, but there's a, a push versus a pull mentorship style. And actually, I think you've, you've been on since we've talked about this. Like, if if you come to me with a question or a problem and you pull information out of me about a topic, I see that as much more of a a good sign than I have to push information onto you. Like I have to push and find out where you're weak on and then I have to push uh, give you the information. Like I have to figure out where you're weak and I have to give you the information as opposed to you figuring out where you're weak and you asking for the information. Yeah, I mean ultimately help help judges help you. Yes. Um, but yeah, so originally there was that sort of in-person aspect to typically you would have worked together in some capacity or seen each other work in some capacity. Um, and But yeah, the, the reviews back then kind of ran the gambit between these big, robust reviews to, um, like you kind of said, they, they would say just that you had spoken. Um, 
And so I, the process is a little different now, though. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about what Judge Academy says the recommendation is for and how to determine if you should give it. We ready for for a block of text? Uh, please. Uh, can you read it like block text in a old school D and D module? Bro, I don't know what that sounds like. What? <laughs> I don't know what that means. You don't what, know what, what that means. You, How do you read it differently? Never in court. Well, so first off, it starts off D and D block text is is things like uh, you walk into the room, the fetid smell of trash wafts up into your nostrils. You see a column dimly lit, you know, across the far end of the room. The light from a torch scatter, uh, you know, playfully reflecting off of the gems in the ceiling, and there's a giant red dragon attacking you. See, that's perfect, because that is exactly the beginning of how one becomes a magic judge. Yes, and it ends with a red dragon attacking you. <laughs> yes, correct. Um, all right. <laughs> perfect. Nailed it. All right, so so Judge Academy has, has set out this recommendation. Ahem. Part of the benefit of requiring L1s to be responsible for finding their own endorsements is that it pushes them to start connecting with their local judge community. In both our local and global communities, judges lean on and depend on each other, and it's important to know other judges and to be able to know where to go if you need help. Therefore, you can become a level one judge. Before you can become a level one judge, you need to know you need to know that you are resourceful enough to find help when you need it. All right, that makes sense. You need to show. Yeah. Yeah. Know know how to find help. Yeah. You're gonna need it. You will need it. I don't care how good you think you are. Gonna need it. anyway. Anyway, second block text. That said, it should ideally be someone in your local community or region that you can build a relationship with, someone who you can reach out to with questions along the way, and especially after you become a judge. Most people get these types of digital endorsements from judges they meet and begin interacting with in the rules policy channels or their regional chat on the Judge Academy Discord or in some regional Facebook groups. While you might find someone in another region who can make an impact, who you can make an impact on through conversation, we found many L2 judges do not feel comfortable being asked for an endorsement from a judge outside their own areas, as it leads them to wonder if the L2s in that person's areas said no already, if they have a poor local reputation, etc. Yeah. And that is, yeah, that, that is a point I was going to attempt to be sure to touch on before we left. Like, I, before we left the show tonight, um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like... I'm not going to say I will only endorse judges in my area, but it definitely makes me wonder why no one in your area would endorse you. And it might be, it might be for completely legitimate reasons. It's Mm -hmm. just one of those, maybe there aren't any, you know, some places, maybe just don't have any. Yeah, there was uh, one situation um, eight-ish, nine-ish years ago where a judge came to all of the L2s and L3s in Florida asking for an endorsement. And the problem was, was the guy was crooked. And he went to all of, he went to all of the judges and we all said no because it was you're crooked. And then he started he started branching out to uh Atlanta, uh Mississippi, Alabama looking looking for a judge offering to pay for the interview. And Ooh, those weird. and those judges would come back and I was like, hey, why is this guy contacting? Why aren't you guys working with him? And they were like, oh, it's because he stole from a store. Oh, oh, that's so bad. Yeah. Uh-uh. Turns out uh, that's, that's a, that is a thing. So 
saying like if you reach out to a judge in another region, um, that judge should probably do their due diligence and check up on that because there probably is a reason. It never hurts to yeah. check. And, yeah, I mean, maybe there really aren't any L2s or yeah, L3s. Maybe. maybe the only L2s or L3s in the region are out sick for a while on maternity leave. Yeah, who knows? Just, but they're they're in check. COVID funk and they don't want to do anything because they're kind of semi-retired. But, but definitely, 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 if you get a request from someone, you know, it's up to you if you want to decide to work with them. But probably just do a little bit of an investigation because, to find out why. If it's benign, great. But maybe, you know, just maybe there's a, there's an underlying issue. And I think we're, we're speaking very much right now in this moment to other level two and three judges. Um, to speak to people that want to become L1s, if you find that nobody in your area wants to endorse you, it probably is a good time for self-reflection as to why that is. Yeah. And I, I nobody I know nobody wants to hear that said out loud. But if nobody anywhere near you is willing to help you out, maybe reflect on why. Then and ask, ask why cuz you know, I lots of judges do in fact want to help you get better even if they don't think you're ready yet. Yeah. And if uh, another way like in these forums stuff like that, if you start by, you know, asking asking questions and gaining information and helping other people, then when you reach out and ask for help, people are going to be much more likely to help you. If you just show up and go like, I want an endorsement, then, I don't know, it might actually be like, you know, some of the other judges will look and be like, eh, I don't know this person. Someone else will take care of it, you know? And, but if you establish yourself as someone who's doing things, then people are going to be much more likely to to answer the call when you throw up the the endorsement signal. Um, I do feel like the in, both in the old system and in the current system, there is something I think, at least I personally find very, very personal about the endorsement aspect in that this, this may or may not be true, but I feel like if I endorse someone, if they end up doing anything particularly bad or shady or... Mm-hmm. Whatever, I feel like that directs that directly reflects on me for having endorsed them. So I feel responsible for their behavior as a judge. Yeah, I mean, what they do in their personal life is obviously beyond me. But you know, if somebody goes out there as a judge or just a magic personality and acts a complete fool, like someone is eventually going to be like, "Who endorsed this person?" And I'm going to be like, "Oh God, they're mine. <laughs> they're, that's mine." Yeah. So get back in the van. So let's outline let's outline why an endorsement is important. Like what the endorsement is doing for the judge seeking the endorsement. It is like like they said, it is pushing you out to make contact with other people. Judging is not a thing that, you know, despite attempts that you can just watch a bunch of videos online, take a test and say, "I've done everything that I need to be a good successful judge." Okay, you need to reach out, reach out to someone, interact with someone, because a lot of judging is there's a lot of best practices, and that's in interacting with these other people, finding the resources, forming connections is really integral, really key to becoming a good judge. Like when you talk to people that have been judging for a long time, they go, what's the best part of the program? The answer is always the people. Always. It ain't the pay. It's always the people. (laughs) Right. So that's 
that's the important part. And so you want to start making those connections and kind of get out and show that you are capable of getting out and making these connections. Also, the endorsement is before the test. Like that is, is a, yeah, you have to, before you can take the L1 test, you have to get the endorsement. Fair enough. Do you, the, um, do you know why? Why? Um, well, <laughs> so it used to be when Judge Academy started that you got the endorsement after the test. So you took all the modules, you took the test, which was all online, and then, oh, well, now I just got to go get an endorsement. And now began the process of convincing someone to say, you're good. You're good to go. And that's a I really... Mean, I feel like you could still do that, can't you? <laughs> oh, no. I mean, you got to you gotta get the endorsement first. I mean, like, you cannot take the test until that... that gate has been cleared that hurdle has been cleared currently i'm just i'm just saying it doesn't stop you from pestering people (laughs) no it doesn't but the there's a few there's a few issues one is you can actually take the test and pass and be an awful person not necessarily you know like bad at the rules but be an absolute awful person and then you can't get an endorsement and you're just like well well why I already took the I already took the test. I'm a level one judge. Why won't someone just I already jumped through all the hoops. No, you didn't. One of the hoops is be a tolerable human yeah. being. Yeah, and, and this is this is a hoop that realistically you don't have full control over. Going through the modules you have full control over, taking the test you have full control over. This is a hoop that you do not have full control over. But I mean you don't. I when I say when I say that it's you've got to work with another person. And by full control, I mean 100% control. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. you, I'll give you that. You have to interact with another person. Okay. So going all the way through taking the test, because passing the test feels like you should be a level one judge when you've passed that test, right? Like it feels like that should be the absolute last thing, right? It feels like that should be the hardest part. Well, not, not the hard, just the last thing. Like, For once me, you get the, the result comes back and says, congratulations, you got 90 out of 80 or whatever the requirement is. <laughs> but, uh. Shooting for the stars. Well, I mean, I, I don't give the test anymore, so I don't know what the, what the score, the, the required score is. But, um, yeah. So what we, what they did was, is they moved that check before the last thing. So it's, you do a bunch of modules that you have control over. Then you have the endorsement that you need to go work with someone and identify someone. And then once you get that, it reverts back to being something that's completely under your control, which is taking taking the test. Um, so I can see I can see how that would eliminate some very yeah. specific types of feel bad. Right. And in the old in the old system, typically we would we would do this, but it would be kind of invisible in the sense that because typically the person giving the interview and the person printing the test were the same person. If you hadn't already passed, like, even though it wasn't like a formal interview or something like that, if you hadn't already passed it, they just wouldn't print the test. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I I can't imagine giving, having given anyone the actual test unless I was also will, if I had also been willing to endorse them, like, so I, I don't know that I don't know what would have caused that. There there have been one or two judges where the judge giving them the test was, didn't want to have the hard conversation with them. Oh, that's lame. And then, yeah, boo. Gave them the test, believing that they would fail, and then they passed. Oh, that's cowardly. Oh, I hate that so much. And instead of having that conversation, they were just like, well, welcome to level one. And I I won't won't go into details about who on either side. Great power, great responsibility. But yeah, 
that was so this process you know kind of eliminates eliminates that but anyway um yeah so let's well, let's talk about so that's that's why the 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 endorsement is there for the value that it provides to the level one who is seeking the endorsement. Go out, form a connection, get a mentor, talk to them about areas that you are weak in, seek them out, learn from them. The sooner you do this, the better. The sooner that you start, and don't just be like, hey, can I get an endorsement? It's like, hey, I'm looking to be, I'm working to become a a level one judge. Can I work with you? Can I talk to you? Can I ask you questions when I need them? As opposed to, I just completed all the Judge Academy modules. I'd really like you to say yes. Why won't you say yes? Yeah, one of those things reads as, gimme, 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 gimme. Yes. It's like, ugh, stop. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So, let's talk about your responsibilities for the endorsing judge. So, responsibilities for the endorsing judge. So, you are part guide and part gatekeeper. And I know that gatekeeper is one of those words that sets a lot of people on edge. However, gatekeeping is not necessarily bad. Um, Most of the time when people complain about gatekeepers, it's because the height of the gate is considered too high or based on irrelevant criteria. Oh, yeah? You want to be a judge? You know, you want to be a judge? Name a document with the penalties and infractions in it. Well, I mean, that, that actually... Would probably be a reasonable. I gate. really hope that you can do that. Yeah, yes. that, um, that seems like a reasonable gate. But it's like, oh yeah, you're a Star Wars fan. Name six Rebel spaceships. Name five of their songs. Uh, <laughs> Mos Asley Cantina, the second version. Uh, can you can you name the genre of music? Yeah, that. Oh, thing. I know. Have you have you have you looked up what the genre name of that that music is no don't <laughs> i want anyway do nope 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 <laughs> that now what cantina band genre yep <laughs> correct okay <laughs> <laughs> so right. anyway anyway <laughs> so gatekeeping so i i feel like i the word gatekeeping is loaded with a lot of bad feelings. I feel like really what we're doing here is just upholding common sense standards. <laughs> there, there are certain things that you need to be able to do to be a judge. If you can't do those things, you probably shouldn't be a judge. And all, at the end of the day, that's it. Like, so, and I'm, if you can't, I'm sorry. That, that story from you five know? minutes ago where I said one of the guys was super sketchy and, and you know, stole? That seems like a good gate that you, like, not a thief, seems like a good gate that you need to be able to clear in order to be a judge. It's a gate that ought to be kept. Seems fine. And, okay, so, I mean, and just to be clear, like, why is that in a lot of situations where you will be hired as a judge, you will be responsible or directly in contact with huge amounts of product and money? Yep. If you're a thief, if you're a known thief, how yep. are we supposed to trust you? Yeah. With with this very specific thing. So I just wanted to follow up to be like, this isn't just a completely arbitrary thing we've made up here just to be like, we don't like people who are like that. There, There's a direct correlation here with why that is not very good as a quality for a judge. Yep. Now, from Judge Academy, what, what Judge Academy's advice to the endorser is. Okay, again, here's a little bit of block text for you. 
Although we ask that you put some thought into the conversation you have with the candidate, we do not expect the process to take more than 30 minutes or so. Passing the rules and policy tests for Level 1 will ideally be enough to prove they've met the base level expectations of what it means to be a Level 1 judge from the knowledge side. With that taken care of, the endorsement is more about who the judge is as a person, since that's a thing we can't check electronically. Okay. Yeah. So there's two big things to take away from that paragraph. All right. One, let the L1 test determine if their rules policy is good enough for level one. Okay. From a from a gatekeeping standpoint, you're just like, oh, you want to be a judge? We'll name all 27 state-based actions. Oh, my God. No. No, that's that's not a that's not a thing. That's purely if you're an L1 judge in Florida. Everywhere else, <laughs> not so much. Right. That's that's not a that's not a real gate. So so again, from a rules policy standpoint, let the test determine whether or not they know enough to be a level one. The test is keeping that gate. You don't need to. Right. Now the next is though, who the judge is as a person. That's kind of subjective. So Yeah, I mean Easy enough. Like, I mean, as I say easy enough, if nobody likes you, work on that. We want to like you. <laughs> the people in your community want to like you. Yeah. So give them a reason to. Judges are in the community. You are given, judges are given a certain amount of respect. And I know that probably some judges are rolling their eyes because they think that their players don't respect them. But in general... Uh, judges are seen as an authority figure, someone that you can trust, someone that is going to help resolve problems. So we want to make sure that the person that is that is doing these things, that trust would not be misplaced. And so Judge Academy threw out some questions, okay, in determining, in, in helping to determine what the subjective criteria is. Uh, do you want to go over those questions? Some subjective criteria. So here are a few. Is this person... A real person who is not already a certified judge. So we can't certify Airbud. Yep. They do have to be a real person who is not yet certified. Right. This is this is an online process. Like taking the L1 test is a is an online process. So in theory, someone could, you know, make another, you know, make a second account, make a third account, make a fourth account, or I mean, I don't really necessarily know why, especially with the changes that they did to to foils. Uh, with your membership dues, but any weird and nefarious stuff that would make this rule necessary that is why this rule is necessary. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm probably not thinking of what it is, but I'm sure it's out there. It's here for right. a reason. Mm-hmm. All right. So, how did they hear about Judge Academy, and why do they want to become a judge? That's a great question. The the why do you want to become a judge question is a question that I will often ask judge candidates multiple times over the course of working with them because. I want to I want to catch catch them and see if I can ever get an answer that's a little more honest than they oh. than they were than they intended and and that's a good thing you know I, you I mean, want the real answers. You mean the standard like well I really just want to help the community. Like, and that's great and that's believable. But is there anything else anything else spicy you want to tell me? I want to know. I I I want I want foils or I like power. That's not that's not spicy. What? Boo! I'll, no 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 I'll I'll tell I'll tell you. There are a huge number of judges that just like being in charge. And you know I definitely have encountered that, yeah. And you know what? I, I say as long as you do the work, I really don't care what your motivation is. If you're a good judge, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm not that worried about now, it. As, as long as you don't take it to use it as a power trip right. because you're one of those yeah. I don't have enough power in my daily life people. <laughs> but I will say I will say that one thing. 
I, I don't care what your motivation is. As long as you do the work, you got to do the work for me to not care about what your motivation is, right? The work does indeed need to be done. Right. If your motivation is, um, I, I, I want to be in charge and you do the work by running excellent events, A plus, I good. That's your motivation is what propels you to do that. If your motivation is, I like foils and your do the work is, I just go to a bunch of conferences and you don't do anything in your local store. That is not Boo. doing, that is not doing the work. Boo. Yeah. So. Agreed. Yep. So here's another one. If you already knew this person, what kind of a community member are they? Are they a helpful player? Are they toxic to the community? This one matters a whole lot to me. I know, like you said, motivation only matters so much if they're doing the work, but they, part of doing the work, there is a passive part of that, which is don't make the community worse, yeah. both locally and online, etc. Part of doing the work means being, being around and being cool, man. Yeah. If when you say a helpful player, like if you if they're a part of your community and you know that they happen to be a scummy player, you know, that is a thing that you want to work on because getting, you know, scumbagged out of a win by a random opponent sucks. Getting scumbagged out of a win by the judge. That's such a feel bad. And I see I've seen it happen a few times. That's one of those things where like, yeah, I I get it's a tournament. I get you want to win. But like, if you want to be a judge candidate endorsed by me, I, I am not comfortable endorsing someone that, yeah, kind of skeeves everybody out with the way they play. It's not, it doesn't reflect well on you or me. So yeah, I don't know. Are they super That's one of those big red flags for me. They take losing poorly. You know, like you, you go on tilt really easy. Oh, that's one of those things. Yeah. If you, if you want to be a judge for real, real, you you can't live in tilt world all the time because you're you'll never do anything else. You'll just always be tilted. Yep. Um, what else we got here? What would you need to know about this person and their knowledge, attitude, or reputation to feel comfortable working with them at a future event? So yeah, as the person doing the potential certifying, um, I guess this is a really good check to make sure you aren't adding any biases into the mixture here. Like, what would it take? You know, what what would it take? So, to make them a valuable candidate in your mind. Okay. So here's here are the things that I tend to do. So when it says, you know, a typical interview should take 30 minutes, nah. Okay. <laughs> nah. Mm-mm. Absolutely. Right out the right, window. Right. If you wanna if you wanna like phone this in, okay. I'm not saying you gotta grill them on rules and like, hey, do you understand how you know banding and phasing works? Nah. But I am pro- I am gonna find out where do they play? What store that is. I might reach out to the TO at that store and say, hey, do you know this person? Have they reached out to you about judging? Have you had any problems with them? For knowledge and attitude, I might ask questions that involve critical thinking skills. One question I love to ask, just just to noodle through, is you have a tournament. It is uh, It starts at 11 o'clock. It is 10.55. Or, sorry, it's 10.50, 10 minutes before the event. Tio gets a call and asks you as a judge, hey, I got a car of some players that are going to be a little late. They want to know if I can hold the event. Okay. Mm. Now, the answer to that question, your gut reaction is no. I go, well, what factors might make you consider a yes? And then I like to see 
them work through it and then think through it. I don't actually care about the answers being right or wrong. I care about the thought process. Okay. That's a good one. I like that. All right. Because there are things that might make you consider that. For for example, I'll throw some things out. Um, in that question that I asked, I didn't give any information about how far the players were away. I didn't give any information about how many players were in the car. I didn't give any information about how many players are in the event. Okay. If I've got a 17, let's say I've got a, you know, a 12 player event that the TO is going to take a bath on and there's five people in the car coming. Well, that those five people and those five entry fees might turn the event from being a, a loss to something where the TO like break, you know, feels feels OK about, you know. And so that might be a thing to consider. Now, if they're 30 minutes away, get wrecked. Yeah. But if they're five-ish minutes away, you know, I might ask the, the event. It's like, hey, can do you mind if we wait? If we get more players, it'll be more competitive. Um, and we'll get to, we get to have some more magic. And, you know, maybe if we have a buy, there won't be a buy. There won't be someone sitting out. You know, things things like that. Just things to consider. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm... I'm... I'm one of the most this thing starts on time or it does not start types of judges that exists. However, there are occasionally things that will make me, you know, that will melt my cold, jagged heart and be like, yeah, all right, we'll wait. You need to but, judge in Miami more then. Absolutely. Because there ain't going to be nobody in my tournaments. If so, <laughs> we can, I'm we're going to have to be calling them off because I ain't doing that. Miami, uh -uh. Show up on time or you don't play. Miami, the clocks in Miami are like 10 minutes slow just they are i yeah i have learned that <laughs> the deep south does not work on the same time that the <laughs> the rest of the country seems to see when i say the event starts at 6 30 that means that like player seatings are on the wall and you better be going to your yeah. seat at 6 30 yeah. uh an <laughs> anyway another thing with the knowledge attitude or reputation i have worked with some people seeking an endorsement where when I have asked is like, okay, so you've read the jar? What's that? You completed all the modules, right? Yeah. And you don't know what the judging at regular document is? And then I, I'll say judging at regular just in case they, you know, like, no. It's like the document that, that tells you how to deal with if they miss a trigger or draw a card or any of that stuff. And then I go a little bit more into content. And if they're like, nah, I don't know. Then at that point... That tells flag. well. That tells me that they've probably done the old uh, had the module playing in the background, and then when it came time to take the little quiz, the knowledge check at the end, they just did a little control F on the on the text, the text version, look for the answer, kind of thing. Cheesed your way through yeah, it. Yeah, it's like mm, 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 mm. no, because no, not pass. Yeah. All right. What else we got? Um, do you believe that this person understands how to run a safe and welcoming event for their community? God, I hope so. Yeah. That should absolutely be necessary. Please don't certify people who don't have this quality. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. Like, safe and welcoming is one of those sort of generic feel-good phrases that can be loosely interpreted in ways that end up kind of doing the opposite. Like, uh -huh. welcoming... So... Being welcoming doesn't mean welcoming people that would make the event unwelcoming for others. Does that make sense? If if all the people you welcome into your store are people that are actively super scary and harmful to other players, then you're not actually running a safe and welcoming event. Right. Take a deep breath. Give people the benefit of the doubt 
first help him out. I don't know. You know. So so all of these questions ultimately kind of boil down to a few a few key points. And I sum them up as is this person trustworthy? And and is this person gonna be a dumpster fire? Like that's that's kind of when if I had to if I had to boil it all down to what I'm trying to find in my in my endorsement, you know, is this person gonna embarrass me? Is this person trustworthy? I guess is this person gonna embarrass me is the same as is this person gonna be a dumpster fire? I mean, you know, hats off to the people that helped endorse me and get me through the process because I'm both trustworthy and a dumpster fire. You cover it up. <laughs> you you keep the dumpster fire lid closed, just like you're just trying to suffocate that fire, but then you open up the lid and it's just it's, it's there. It's back there. draft, it just, it just fills you know? up. <laughs> At least I got the trustworthy part down. <laughs> So yeah, being a judge carries with it a bit of built-in authority. Not real authority, but social authority. Um, You can work to make events better for people. You protect the event and the players. Players look up to you and respect you. Believe it or not, they do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we want to make sure new judges won't abuse that trust and respect because it it ends up being very easy to, Yep. unfortunately. Now, I, I do add an additional check. Okay, and this is, this is something that, <laughs> when, when, talking to, when talking to judges, I'll say, like, now you read what your expectations are, and you satisfy those expectations, and you don't add anything extra that you feel, and here I am going, like, I add a thing that's extra. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain what I add, and I'm going to explain why I add it, and why I think it's important. Okay. Um, I add a check to make sure the judge has a home quotes home like and this is when 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 they certify as a judge they want to go use their certification for a thing they want to go out and use it and not having a place to actually judge really sucks okay so i'll work with the person i'll you know find stores i'll encourage them to go talk to certain people most tos are very very uh you know not scary I mean, well, they, they they might be like the whole starting that conversation can be super awkward, but once you actually start talking to them, most TOs aren't scary. We're nice, right? So showing that Ish. you can solve that problem—that is a problem. I do not have a place to judge. Okay, how do I solve that? I am going to go get a um, get a judge home. Now that doesn't actually need to take the form of a local game store. It can uh, take the form of it's a magic club at your school. It could be I run a online games on a Discord server. Like you just have to have a place to occasionally practice your trade. I think that's reasonable. I think that's super reasonable. Right. I'm trying to think if there's anything I sort of add. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like every L two and L three I've ever 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 spoken to has had certain things that they personally take either add or just take super seriously and i i don't think that that's unusual um i i do think that for me the trustworthiness thing is is the biggest thing i want to know that you are going to be a stellar member of your local community before you start doing anything on the like bigger scale and i, I want to know that i could trust because like i've i've always worked at local game stores that were very kid friendly so i want to know i can trust you around like you know a bunch of seven-year-olds you know, yeah. to like be cool and have fun and safe and you get the idea. Yeah. So the, the trustworthiness thing for me is a, is a really, really big one. Yep. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and the dumpster fire. <laughs> you know, sometimes you, 
Add, add creatively to the dumpster fire. At least put on a good show with the dumpster fire. Right. Sure, I'll give you. I'll give you that. If you're a if you're a beautiful dumpster fire, then you're a thing Only. of you're a thing of awe. Only the most beautifulerest dumpster firesist. Right. Dumpster fires. Yes. Right. If but if you're like the Springfield trash or the Springfield tire fire, you know that's been going <laughs> for thirty years. If it smells like oozy garbage, no, <laughs> not that kind of dumpster fire. Yep. Now here's one of the one of the things where you, as an endorsing judge, need to be a little willing to do. If you're not comfortable giving someone an endorsement, don't give it. Don't give it. And judges, as a group, you know, for for people that at events we need to you know stick up for the little guy and make sure that all the events are are fair and fun. Uh, we as a group really seem to hate creating conflict and telling someone that you don't feel comfortable giving an endorsement is going to create a conflict because they're going to, well, why? Well, why? You know, so. um, I do it. (laughs) Create the conflict. Yeah. I mean, okay. And realistically, if you can't deliver such soft, easy news as, hey, you're not ready quite yet. Here's what we can work on. If if that's too much conflict for you, you, I assure you, are not ready for the saltiest, angriest players that almost <laughs> made day two at a GP. Like you, I promise you will not be happy being a judge if that seems overwhelmingly confrontational to you. So I've, I've mentioned this on the show before, but one of the ways that we used to, uh, we used to do as a, interview check checklist item to determine if an L1 was ready to step up to L2 at the old PTQs. There were two players in particular that were just so salty and crotchety and, and just angry and appealy that whenever they raised their hand, appealy. Yeah. (laughs) That like, if you, you really had to stick the landing when you gave them a ruling and it was a, test that we would give we'd be working a ptq we'd have a level one judge and when that guy raises their hand to to call for a judge send in the l1 and and we would just sit back and we'd watch and then it'd be like oh they accepted the ruling okay 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 that's good or if they got an appeal we'd be like yeah (laughs) If, if they if they stuck the landing then okay you you send them in you send them into the crucible and they they came out Strong. I'm mixing metaphors, but <laughs> they didn't die. Yeah, they, they didn't did... die in the process. They came out with you know all the limbs they went in with. Right. Like right. So, um, but definitely uh, don't just pass them off to another L2 who might tell them yes. That's a cop out. You're better than that. Ooh. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, but I want to take the test this weekend. That's not a reason to compromise your integrity. I want a lot of things that. You know, (laughs) if they're just like, well, I want to test this weekend. It's like, well, then you should have started looking for an endorsement a while ago. It's not a reason to drop everything and work to their schedule. I And I feel I feel like we you as a parent and me just having worked around and with (laughs) a lot of kids have the the added like shield of anytime anybody starts with, well, I want it's like, all right, (laughs) that's not going to get you anywhere, my friend. I I under, you know. I understand that's what you want. <laughs> you need to, you need... Thank you for expressing that to me. I appreciate your feelings. However, 
How, yes, however, I think you'd be best served by taking a little bit more time to study this particular, you know, uh, this particular area. Or perhaps we can talk a little bit more about getting your relationship with your tournament organizer a little bit better because it seems to be confrontational. At least they have the confrontational part now. Yes. yes. <laughs> I see you're not afraid of confrontation. That's excellent. Let's yeah. work on the rest of it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's the thing. Like if you're if you're not willing to say no, don't even don't even bother. Like if someone asks you, "Hey, will I get an evaluation?" If you're not a if you're not the kind of person that will say no, then don't. Like you can you can be the person to say, "Well, I'll I won't say no, but I'll say not yet." Okay, that's legit, but you need to know how to get from not yet to yes now. Like, you need to be able to construct that plan as the L2, L3 giving the evaluation. Yeah, don't don't say not yet if what you actually mean is no, never. If you, if you say not yet, be sure to follow it up with actionable items for them to work on. <laughs> yeah, that's, as, as a parent, when the kid asks you, hey, can we do something? And you go, maybe. What you really mean is no, but you don't want to say no. So you say maybe. Don't, don't do that. Just no. See, that's funny. My parents always said maybe when they meant yes, but I don't want to deal with it now. Hmm. I had I had yes maybe parents, but I I don't know if that was I, I that's all that common. If if the answer was yes but later, then I would say yes but later. If the answer is no, but I don't want to deal with the drama of of saying no right now, then I'll say maybe, and then later I'll deal with the no, which is Ooh. exactly what I'm telling you not to do as a judge. But don't do it. But realistically, here's the thing: you're not gonna have you're not going to have a, a six-year-old judge flop down in the middle of the target aisle and cause a ruckus. I might. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe, possibly. You know, some days, like, some days, some days, maybe. <laughs> um, so how do we, how do we actually give an endorsement review? We, uh, so what you do is you get a paper towel roll, you take all the paper towels off so you just have the cardboard tube. Then you go outside and you hold it up to your mouth and you go, I endorse this person for level one. <laughs> and like an old bugler. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, That cardboard tube is called a dirter. <laughs> that is a real, a real oh word. God. It needs one of those like long banners attached to the bottom of it to like, like in medieval times when you'd be announcing the king's presence <laughs> with a bugle. Like, the, oh my God. I'm going to make one of yeah. these. The... The endorsement bugle. The, the endorsement dirter. <laughs> the, the reason it's called a dirter is because what sound do you make when you hold it up to your mouth? Dirter. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. You know what? Fair enough. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Are you making this up? What? You're making this up, right? I don't think so. I'll nope. Urban Dictionary later. has it as the cardboard tube inside, inside a toilet paper used as a trumpet. <laughs> I am not making this thing up. Citation Urban Dictionary. Cite, Excellent. Yes, absolutely. All right. No, but what do we what do we really do? What do we really do? Oh, yeah, I guess we have probably ought to explain that. Yeah. So first, you go to the candidate's profile on the Judge Academy's website. Most likely their permissions are locked down and no one can see them. A lot of us do that and stop it. <laughs> Nobody can find you to endorse you if, if you're a ghost, a yeah. spook. They can send you a link to their profile, which will allow you to access it directly, but realistically like if you want to actually work events and, and do things and have people contact you you need to be findable in the system no one is trying to hunt you down that bad <sighs> like no no nefarious people are trying to hunt you down so bad well, that they're gonna be they're gonna make a judge academy profile like come on come on anyway so once their their profile is findable one 
On the leave review, leave a review tab, you select level one endorsement from the dropdown. Two, you type your endorsement and then you click submit review. Ta-da, dirter. Yep, dirter. <laughs> and, that, and that endorsement can be, all right, so here are the two extremes. Probably put yourself in the middle. Extreme number one is I endorse this person for level one, period, submit review. The next, the next extreme is this is a person that you've worked with for a long time, so you write a, you know, sixth grade essay, you know, two pages, double spaced, one inch margins uh, report on this person for the review. Okay. I like that option. I'm going to say that's probably extreme. I, I I feel so. So generally speaking, what I what I think a, a, a good endorsement review is is you folks talked about if you identified any areas that they're kind of weak, if you identified any areas that they're really good in, call those areas out. A sentence or three on each. So so you know we're talking like eight eight ish sentences. Just ballpark. I'm pulling that number out of my butt. But that that kind of thing. So it's not. Because one of one of the things is, that for a lot of level one judges, this is the first review that they get. So you don't want to give them a a nothing review. That then they look at it and go like, oh, this is what a review is. This is nothing. But you also don't want to give them the Iliad, where they look at that and go like, Aww. oh, that's scary. No, I think you should write every review, every endorsement, like you were writing a a best man speech for a wedding. Like just tell everybody how wonderful they are and what you really? love about them. Yes. I think you should write <laughs> every review to the tune of the yellow rose of Texas. You know what? I will. I will write a review like that. And <laughs> so there, I will do what you say. So there, that'll show you. <laughs> um, okay. I don't actually think that I'm losing out. I'm losing on this, but you, you go ahead. <laughs> I think everybody loses once they'll have to hear it. What? Oh, it has to be, it absolutely has to be read out loud to the tune yes. of The Yellow Rose of Texas. We'll get there. Maybe next yes. time on JudgeCast. Yes. Thank <laughs> thank you, thank you, Babylon 5, for teaching me that every Emily Dickinson poem can be sung to the tune of Yellow Rose of Texas. And the Pokemon theme. Uh, yes. It is. This is what you've come here to yeah, learn. Join our picture. Patreon to hear <laughs> Brian try to sing the Pokemon song to the tune of Yellow Rose of Texas. I think that's true. The the U.S. original Pokemon theme. I think that is what? true. Okay. Well, I mean, after we stop recording, I think I'm going to give. Is it a... important? No. Is it true? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As a as a level one, you need to seek out an endorsement sooner rather than later. Don't wait until the very end because then that's going to just delay things. That is a thing that you can do while you are doing the other modules. There's a lot of them. You got time. Set up a parallel queue. Don't run it in serial. All right. I don't know what on earth that means, but I'll take your word for it. All right. Uh, well, par parallel means I'm doing the two things at the same time. Like I'm getting the endorsement at the same time that I'm taking the module. Serial ah, means I do yeah, them yeah, one. Yeah. I do them sequentially, one after the other. So after I complete the last module, then I seek an endorsement, and then I have to wait for that uh, endorsement to move on to the next thing. You're smart. That's why they pay you the big bucks. In theory, <laughs> join our Patreon so that I can get paid the big bucks. <laughs> Um, so we can get paid the Patreon medium so bucks. we can get paid a buck. We don't have a Patreon. We don't. JudgeCast's always free until it's not. Well, all right, friends. That's our episode. Yeah. <laughs> Join us next time when we talk about some kind of a topic. 
Until then, you can send us an email at judgecast at gmail.com or like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at judgecast. Or you can always make shirts and send them to us. We like that. That's a lot of fun. So until next time, I'm Samantha Har and I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prillman and I am Googling the lyrics to Yellow Rose of Texas. There's a yellow rose in Texas. I'm going